This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, Peter King is on uh, vacation right now. Okay. What he usually does when he is on vacation for his, uh, uh, what is it, the football? Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, stuff, Monday yeah. morning quarterback, whatever they're calling it now. Football yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's on NBC. His Monday column that yeah, yeah, appears. Yeah. Um, he gets a guest to come in and write uh, his column each week then. Oh, he's okay. on vacation. So the guest this week was our friend. Greg Cosell. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, so I read I that. I saw that uh, highlight. I should. Yeah. Or that uh, headline. I should have clicked on that one. I read that uh, this week, and, and Greg brought up a very valid point here that uh, the football analytics crowd seems to overlook a lot of times. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he writes, this is one of his 10 thoughts. He says, I think I'm still trying to get a true understanding of the analytics as it applies to NFL football. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not an expert in the area, so I think I, so. I keep trying to learn more and more. One thing I keep being told by those who know far more than I, uh, I do, is that analytics based is based on the ac- accumulation of data over time. In other words, it's results driven, with the overriding premise being that more information is always better than less information. Okay, understandable. Small sample signs are yeah. bad in the stats world, yeah. I su- suppose. Right. My guess is that all football coaches, going back to the era of Paul Brown, believe that. And we'll always believe that. Yeah, more information is better. Sure. Absolutely. Where we have advanced with technology is the amount and detail and nuance of the information available to personnel, people, and coaches. Let's focus on the coaches and game planning and in-game decisions. It would seem to me the question becomes, how can all of this information be applied and utilized to help coaches make better play calls and decisions throughout the course of the game, especially in critical situation? It's what to put in, what to leave out, that ultimately, ultimately becomes important. An overload of information clutters the mind, so an analytics works best for those coaches who have understand how to take excesses of information, pare it down to its base essentials, and then effectively apply it in game situations. Okay. I'm sure smarter people than I will tell me I'm wrong, and I am always willing to listen and learn. He then gives a scenario here. How about this for an in game situation, purely hypothetical for purposes of the discussion? It's fourth and two in the third quarter on your opponent's 42-yard line. A 10-year study of that down and distance on the part of the field indicates that teams that go for it are successful 76% of the time. Again, this is just hypothetical. Okay. So the analytic statistics strongly suggest you should go for the first down. But how does that, or how does what happened in the past have any relevance on this specific situation in that given game and if you if you believe it does, then what's the personnel group? The play call. Okay. What right. goes into what goes into the play call? Your starting left guard got hurt, and you're playing with a backup at the position. Kind of matters. Kind, kind of a big matters. deal. Absolutely. And uh, he's getting whipped. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of. Not to interrupt you, but yes, you've a, ten years of data on that this situation is a go for it situation. Yeah. But you also might have forty plays of data. To tell you don't go for it, yeah. This guy's getting beat by the dude in front of him, you know, (laughs) time and time again. And what's what what play am I? What's my bread and butter? What am I going to? Yeah. How does that factor in? Is that part of the analytics? Because we're now we are getting into the process of critical play call in a specific moment in time, and not just simply previous outcomes of mathematical equations. Sure. Uh, It's this dichotomy between the process and track record I find so interesting. 
And there's so much more in that process than specific game situation. How to pass results which provide no context impact what is happening right now. He says, I can't wait to learn more and hopefully become smarter. See, first of all, Greg's not saying that tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I've gotten to know him. He's sat down with us enough. He's a very humble guy. And he's old. I mean, he's yeah. been doing this a very, very, he's also a very experienced guy. I don't mean old in a necessarily bad way. So I think he's the first to tell you that this all old dog is up for learning new tricks. But I've been doing this a long time, and he's dialed in with coaches and game tape way more than most analysts out there, including you and I, and realize that's not really how coaches think. You know, that they think in a specific situation – Boy, our go-to play here is an out route, but it's super windy and raining, or right. and my best receiver That's is a bad fact, ankle. Like, and, you if know, you right. can give me the specifics of the analytics stuff. No, right, right, right. Well, analytics say you should go for it here. Okay. Those previous hundred times that this that this happened, yeah. were they on you know, were they in a dome? Right. Were right, they, right, right. you know, they're, they're they're, the they're, they're, that's why football, I think, can't be necessary. It can't be just the analytics. Like, you know, baseball, I think baseball can be pretty analytically. You know, Absolutely. Like bring the lefty in. This bring guy can't right hit left handers. Right, 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 okay, right. we yeah. bring in a left hand. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's you know? something to that. Yeah. That, you know, righties, lefty things, or I should walk him here. Or, right. You know, yeah. The, I, the steal I, I'm going to set know, up a double play here. I'm going to go ahead and walk it. When to put a shift on. Football's not like that. Football's not like that. First, because weather plays a big part of it. You're asking 11 human beings. I'm going to say this more and more. I mean, unlike other sports, the, the the game is stopped. You snap the ball, and 11 guys have a job that they have to all execute together. Where basketball, four dudes clear out, and you give it to LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it's I mean? a one-on-one. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and all the, you know, a hitter comes up and doesn't care what the other 10 pe- teammates are doing, et cetera. This brings me to the Steelers, though, a little bit, because it just so happens we didn't pre-plan this, but I was talking about my my latest Excel spreadsheet of success per drive and things like that, and it came up in our conversation, what teams punted the most in 2020? And the Jets were by far the worst offense you've ever heard. Yeah. heard. I mean, And the Steelers were high in number of punts, and I was, was shocked by that. And so after my podcast, I just kind of thought about it because I wanted to bring it up to you, why were the Steelers high in number of punts? Well, they also were high in number of drives. Right. They, they had more drives than most teams, so therefore their punts per drive probably weren't necessarily all that high. And this goes back to your conversation. I think Tomlin realized we're a very bad short yardage team, and the numbers prove that over the last yeah. two years which is another reason I think Najee Harris is here, that I I don't trust this group to get the extra yard. I'm going to punt. And, oh, by the way, I have a great defense. I have a really great defense. Right, right, I'm going right, to trust so them. They all go hand in We hand. saw that happen late in the game against the Browns, and Mike Tomlin got crushed for it. Uh, they punted from just outside the 40. In this neighborhood. You're, you're, yeah, great in that, in that right, same right. neighborhood. You're going to, you know, pin that, pin that other team back inside their, mm-hmm. hopefully inside their five, but certainly you're going to try to do it inside the 10 and trust your defense to make a play, to get off the field again mm-hmm. and get the ball back quickly. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. When that happened, I was critical of Tomlin and I would not have punted. But <laughs> it's still knowing your team, which I don't know one-tenth as well as he does, of course, or who's winning what individual battles. What was our play call if we don't punt? See, that's the thing people don't talk about. 
It's easy to say, oh, you punted. That's the easy way. That's the, the wuss way out. I go you know? for that on Madden. I go for that, I go for yeah. that on Madden. But okay, what's the play call that you trusted there to go for it on? I mean, are they sitting on all the short routes and you know they know that's coming, so that's not necessarily the best plan of attack. Your running back's never proven to get a lot of yards on his own. You know, where's the line matchup you love that you're running behind? So there's more to just going forward or not. Who, what's the play that you trust? Yeah, and you know maybe at that point you you had three plays that you really liked in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you've already burned them all. You burned them all, and they think they probably an a good indicator yeah. that they're coming again. You know, right? So I, there it, is it, more to it. Yeah, it, it all comes down to, you know, and, and Mike, you'll hear Mike Tomlin say a lot of times, "Well, I went with my gut mm-hmm. in that situation," which makes you sound like he's not analytical and that he's old school and set in his ways. But I also think it's a shortcut to saying it's an educated. I'm not looking guess, in the I'm but, looking in the eyes of my offense or my defense and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, can we get this here?" You, you get that it, it's the it's the human factor. Yeah, exactly. And in the, in, in there's always going to be a human factor when it comes down to the analytics. You're not playing Madden here. <laughs> well, every time I do this, the computer does. Uh, you know, I'm playing against you know the yeah. the, the, the computer. The computer does, shows me this look, and, and I just complete the pass. Yeah, easy. Nothing to it. Yeah, there's nothing no to crowd it. Crowd noise and screaming yeah. and. Again, I love the Madden. I, I hit pause and thought about it for yeah, a minute I went before and took I ran a leak play. and grabbed a beer and <laughs> thought about it and came up with the plan the play I wanted to use. Yeah, and the other aspect of it that's kind of the human thing too is those position coaches are busy on game day. So Tomlin could radio his offensive line coach or his tight end coach, let alone a coordinator. Can we get this? I don't think so, Coach. Yeah, this guy's gotten it out here. He's just right. You know, He's you know, hanging on, on one ankle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And hanging on for dear life here. Two years ago, we had to run behind Marquise and David, and we'd have got this all day long. I don't trust it to this point. And you get that all the time with your special teams coach too. Like, do you trust even a great kicker? You know, whoever it is, Tucker. Do you trust Tucker to drill this in this wind from the right hash? I don't think, Coach. You know, yeah. you're asking a lot. Okay, well, that takes that option off the table. You know. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's all relative. I, I just, you know, that's why when the, the you know, it, it goes back to our conversations that we had about the selection of a running back in the first Absolutely. round. Absolutely, it goes hand in hand. Nine times out of ten, I completely agree. Right. Okay, yeah, that, that might be a wasted pick or a pick that you could get a better player at another position. Absolutely. Who would be with you longer term. But if you don't have a running back, and, you've and that's your, your main problems. need. Right, right, right. And there's only three available, you take the running back. And... <laughs> Darisol, I mean, okay, so who would you have taken? Yeah. You know, the lineman wasn't there, it's, and it's, there was a big gap after the Darisol. Yeah, it's you know? the same thing. You know, we, we uh, read that on, on ESPN uh, a couple of weeks ago. Barnwell wrote the story, and he talked out of both sides of his mouth on that. Like, the Steelers would have been better off taking Darisol. Well, he wasn't available. He went to pick four. He went to right. pick before, so there's no conversation there. The next well, offensive lineman went 20 picks later. Right, right, then taking – you know, who was it, Dickerson or somebody yeah. like that? And like, by the time okay. those the next offensive lineman went, all three of the running backs were gone. All three of the running backs were gone, and there there was a lot of centers too. I mean, yeah, and you could even have the Creed Humphrey in round two conversation. I thought that was a slam dunk when it came around, but you would have got nothing at tight end. Yeah, I mean that was the last chance. Hunter Long's a good, decent player, but I mean, they, adding the tight end and Harris really are very friendly throws for an end-of-career Ben and the next guy. I mean, that's what people need to think about. 
sure the line could have some growing pains. But you'd had growing pains with Darisaw or Dickerson, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Darisaw hasn't gotten on the field yet for Minnesota. Right, right, right. You know? I mean, they're, they're, they're fine players. They I may have known something. Steelers, they, they may have passed on him. They, they, they say, oh, well, he's dealing with a you know, sports hernia or something. Here. Not to mention, we thought he'd be a top 12 pick, and he fell. Yeah. Was there something there that we don't quite know about? I mean, his playing temperament came and went. Was there injuries? We don't know. Yeah. But that makes it uh, – I remember on draft day when Darisaw went, I made the joke like – Good. That takes that off because I don't have to talk yeah. about it for the next six months of Darisaw versus Harris. Because my hunch is, as much as they loved Harris, they would take it Harris, yeah. I mean, just because they love the player. Yeah, I don't know that for a fact, but it would have been a different conversation post Harris pick if Darisaw was still yeah. available. But there I mean, wasn't if, a lineman. If you're going to tell me they shouldn't have taken Harris, you got to give me somebody that they should have taken in that right. spot. I get the Fryermuth, you know, um, Humphrey conversation a little bit more because there was yeah. good ones there. You yeah. know, that, that's a little bit different situation. But is the difference between Humphrey and Green dramatic? I don't think. And yeah. that's what, you know, advanced scouting and your pro staff tells you is, okay, coach, we like five centers. Well, there's probably only four teams that are really in the center market. You know, maybe you didn't think Kansas City would be after the moves they've made. That still gives you one leeway. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. You know? So. Yeah. Uh, it's all about knowing knowing the board, too. Right. If there's five we can live with as starting centers, I don't think they're going to go – I think one will be there in the third round. And sometimes you get burned with that, but you take your chances. I mean, yeah. It's like playing blackjack. Uh, Bucky Brooks wrote a piece on, uh, on NFL.com. Yeah, his was good. Uh, it's about the top uh, – or five quarterback coach duos under the most pressure mm-hmm. this year. Uh, number one on his list is Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. It's just because they're all in. They are. I mean, you yeah, give up yeah. a couple first-round draft picks right. and your quarter, starting quarterback uh, to go get this guy. Um, you better. It better work out. It better work out. I mean, they're a very aggressive, risky organization that doesn't value first-round picks the way others do. And I'm in the boat, but I'm not 100 percent in the boat. I'm not willing to like bet my mortgage on it that Stafford is a way better player than. Given credit for. There's some injury history there. There's some very concerning. History. He's never won a playoff game. Yeah. You we, can only blame, you know, can you blame Wentz and Darnold's environment? Sure, but they were really bad. Stafford was good in a bad environment, but does, he, does that mean he's great? Right. I'm not certain. I tend to lean towards that he is. Sometimes players, right. you know, you're not, you don't win games because you're not a winner. I don't know if Matthew yeah. Stafford's a winner. I have no idea. Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah. There's no question. So it is a pivotal. I mean, it's. To me, like in just his legacy, he could be a Hall of Famer if he plays, you know, next three years in the Rams and takes them to divi- you know division wins and you know shows that he gets him to a, wins a winner, Super Bowl right? and you know it's that a kind pivotal of stuff. time in his career and his legacy. But the thing about the Rams is they're so top heavy. Yeah, you know what I mean. If Donald, heaven forbid, loses you know a month or Ramsey or you know now Stafford. They have so much tied up in just a couple players. Yeah. Number two on his list is Baltimore with Lamar Jackson yeah, and John guess. Harbaugh. I mean, it's Jackson's, contract time. Jackson's 30-7 and seven in his career in a regular season. People don't like to bring that up around here, but that's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good, but yeah. one playoff win. I know, I know. The, and that's, you know. I know he wasn't great in his first playoff loss against the Titans, but in that game he set the record for most yards from scrimmage from a human being in the playoffs. Like, I'm but not sure it was all on him. The, the question becomes, though, can that style of play win in the playoffs? Right. 
you know, yeah, that'll be that'll get you wins against the Bengals, and that'll get you wins mm-hmm. against some of these you know lesser teams. When and you're it'll playing, get, it'll get you wins when you get an early lead. Yeah, but if you get behind and you're going to be playing good teams in the playoffs, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fall behind in the postseason. For all those reasons, not to mention, like Baker and Josh Allen, it's contract time for Lamar. It is a make or break year, and he they should be high on Bucky's list. Because the the one aspect we haven't talked about is okay. Now I'm giving you Sammy and Bateman, yeah. and yeah. I I need to see completions not even from Lamar, but from the offense as a whole, outside the numbers on out routes. You yeah. know what I mean? You know things. NFL like that. caliber things. Right, right, yeah. right, right. You know, you know, just average NFL caliber digs throws. and comebacks yeah. and outs and yeah, because he doesn't throw the ball poorly. I do think his receivers have hurt him more than he's hurt the outside passing game. Yeah. But now show it to me. Because you know, you're going to get one-on-ones. We talked about the in the, the Rank article before, and he's talking about how the Steelers got steamrolled in some of these games where they fell behind. Like the, the playoff game against Cleveland last year, they're down 28 nothing. They were in an awful situation. And that came – that was a one-score game in, a, uh, mm-hmm. in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And a lot of it was self-induced errors. A lot, self-induced errors. Right. If the Ravens fall behind somebody 28 nothing, It's over. It's, it's, it's beyond over. Yeah, they need to – They got no chance of coming back. That's what needs to change for them. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're trying to change. We'll see. Number three on the list, the Colts, Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. For sure. I they mean, could, they could very like, easily be number one. They could easily be number one. Because that that's a good, that's a good roster. It is a good roster. And it's a deep roster and a well-built, a lot of second-round picks, you know, things like that. That but you're going to have to start forever. after this season, you're going to have to start paying those second-round picks. You're going to have to pay uh, Darius Quentin Leonard and Quentin Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those guys are going to make Those guys are going to make big money, and you're not going to be able to afford. Right. And obviously, it's critical for Wentz. I mean, it's near-death career experience time now. You got benched for Jalen Hurts and threw a ridiculous amount of bad interceptions last year. And even his great year, his, quote, MVP year, and I like him, don't get me wrong, he had some unsustainable things like converted an unbelievable amount of third and longs. Yeah. You know, things like that. And then got hurt. Don't keep up. And then he's been hurt a lot. Too. Yeah. Right. Would you bet on him? I don't know that I – I mean – I'm not going to kill the Colts. I wouldn't for their want move. him to be my own, all my eggs in that basket. Like I wish they I should have kept Jacoby yeah, Brissett. Exactly, that's well said. And then still have Eason out there, learning, right? You know, yeah. right? Yeah. To say you're going to go into this season with Carson Wentz and and in a big bag of nothing and nothing. Right. Nobody's ever thrown an NFL pass. To me, is very very dicey. I, me too, because they've had cap space too. It's not like the Saints. Yeah, it's not like they couldn't afford it, or the Eagles, or or the Steelers that couldn't go get a, that type of you know. Like, even up. if they went out and signed a Mitch Trubisky, okay. I'm, at least you can resurrect yeah. them, too, in the process. At least he's taking a team to the playoffs, you know. There's there's I mean, something I, there. They could win that division with Jacoby Brissett as a 17-game starter. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I'd pick them, but they could. Yeah. I mean, I just – it's you put all your eggs in that basket. If he's throwing picks left and right, they're not going to – they could have a six-win season. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, for, the, for that roster to have the talent that they have mm-hmm. overall – and you, you've done nothing with it, right? To this point, I mean, I'm F- super Phillip ex- Rivers last year they didn't they didn't win. No, they made the playoffs. Well, okay, making, they were a good team. Just right, making right. the playoffs is not good enough, right? And, and this is part of the, uh, the Steelers' dilemma too: is the quarterbacks in the AFC just getting okay quarterback play might not be enough. Might not a couple of years, yeah. you know, right? And and I'm not sure. You know, Baker's good enough. I mean, the Allens and Mahomes and Herberts and Lawrence, I mean, there's some superstars 
already in the AFC and might only be getting better, including Mahomes. Yeah, as you know, as much as the Browns hype train mm-hmm. is is gaining steam here, what did they really do last year? Right. They won a game where they were gifted a twenty-eight nothing lead mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, you get you were up seven nothing before your offense did a thing. Oh right, right. I mean, I that mean, was, it was optimal for them yeah. with the way they play too. I'm not sure they're a come from behind team either yet. Um, Especially without Odell yeah. last year. Number four here, and these guys could be on here every year because it's who it is. Uh, it, the, the Raiders with John Gruden and Derek Carr. And Derek Carr, I guess. I think that's because a lot of uh, Gruden volatility in general. And what I mean by that is impatience. Yeah. He's been the coach for three years now. They're 19 and 29. I said it's not a good ex- – and they don't have – it's not like the roster's ready to turn the corner. Right. Nobody's picking them to win the West. I mean, they're not like the Browns where, oh, okay, now I think their time is coming. They're the same. Yeah. But it's not Carr's fault. The offense has been pretty good. Defense stinks. The team building stinks. Yeah, does somebody get fired? Like, if they have another one of those seasons. Like I don't know. You signed a 10-year deal. I mean, I'm thinking more like Mayock. Maybe. But anyone knows, knows Gruden's the one making all the calls. Yeah. But do you, do you go to him then and say, hey, you can't, you can't be the personnel guy anymore? Maybe. I mean, yeah. maybe some, you know, head has to fall. I, Gruden would not be my head coach, and he would never accept this role. But if you could just have him be the offensive coordinator – I think he'd be as good as there is in the league. Yeah, but he's not the—he's not great on game day. You know, he—he he doesn't put any influence into the defense, and they keep hiring his friends. You know what I mean? Like they—they they play very—they're going to play a generic Seattle cover three. Ugh. Without the pass love, rush, without to make the it pass work. rush, teams love playing against that. Now, yeah, you know. So I don't have high hopes for the Raiders, but I often bring this up. Derek Carr could be my Steeler quarterback next year. If he falls out of favor and that line's in shambles and Gruden is safe and somebody has to roll and they're saying, take Derek Carr off our hands for a second-round pick, yeah. yeah. I don't blame him. I'm not saying he's quite, you know, the that level of Mahomes and AFC, what Lawrence could be, but he's a top-ten type quarterback to me. Number five on the list is the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton slash Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. I guess I don't think I would have picked them just I wouldn't because have either. when you draft a Fields or a Lance, especially in this case, Shanahan's not in any career or any you know jobs or security problems. But the Bears can use that as an excuse. I might have gone with the Eagles here for Hurts. Yeah, I mean it's there's a lot of them: Hurts, Daniel Jones, maybe Tua. That their teams have an extra first round pick next year. I'm not sure I need you that bad. You right. know what I mean? This is I, I, I put a lot around you. I draft Waddle you, and Devontae You very Smith easily could have gone with the Saints on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, Sean, you 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 know, you know don't have this the superstar quarterback right, anymore. Right. You don't have your, your Hall of Fame quarterback anymore. What are you going to do with – what are you going right. to do now? Like, the Steelers will probably be on that list next year. Yeah. No matter who their quarterback is, as long as it's not seven. Right. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be Watson or Wilson or the first pick overall or whatever. It's still, but they've they, – the 2019 season kind of gave us – we've seen it. We've yeah, seen what it looked like. different than other teams. Uh, with, with two completely in, inexperienced quarterbacks. Right, right, right. You know, for you know, Sean Payton's still considered a, a genius. Sure. Um, let, let's see what it's – you know, is he still a genius after this season? I don't know. I wish I they had know. more weapons around them, too. Yeah. They didn't do much to help. Oh, they, they couldn't. Have, they have a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget. They drafted that 
uh, defensive end. I thought they'd ended up with a Kadarius Tony or you know Elijah. Another Moore. weapon, yeah. Yeah, it's one more guy, one more receiver. They really only have two. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you can look at them. Um, I mean, you can look at thirty-two of them. I mean, yeah, what's going on no in one, Seattle? Yeah, I, I yeah, tend to think this is his last year. There were rumors that, that he wants out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, this this could be the end of that marriage. How much longer um, is Carroll coach? How is how is Green Bay not on this list? Yeah, without question. <laughs> and maybe as a transitive property of it, a Denver, yeah. or you know, a team like that. Where could Rogers land? Uh, there's a lot of them. I mean, Carolina. They don't seem like they're going to be patient. If Darnold flops, I bet they're calling Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson and making a monster deal. Yeah. You know, to, how about Atlanta? Yeah, you didn't just because they you they're didn't, always going to be scrutinized. You didn't draft. You didn't draft the guy. If you, Fields is awesome, oh yes, right. Plus and really, Denver should be in that category too. If Fields is awesome, Denver and Atlanta don't look so great. Even if Sertain and you know uh, the tight end go on to have great careers. Yeah. You pass on the. You next pass on a quarterback, right, right? You know, it's it's the Steelers. It's the the 2004 draft all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, Kellen Winslow was a okay. Oh, know. I saw him in person. He was amazing. Yeah, before his injury. Yeah, but but you passed on right a franchise quarterback. Right, and again, I was there for that. They thought, which sounds funny now, Washington they passed on with Sean Taylor. Like yeah, you know, right, right, right. Like, they'd never have a quarterback. I mean, the Browns at that point thought Luke McCown had a chance to be a starter, and that. Garcia was the perfect stopgap. They yeah. thought they had quarterbacks figured out. They, you know, because the year I was there, we had the third pick in the draft, and we're not taking Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no way. They were taking Braylon Edwards or Ronnie Brown, or you know, they, they didn't think that a first round quarterback was in play. Yeah, times it. <laughs> yeah, unless you have the guy, right, the right, guy, right, right. the quarterback guy. should always be in play. It really should. It really yeah. should. Goes so. back to the analytics. That's what the that's analytics actually, tell me. That's an analytics <laughs> thing, too. Because not to mention, let's say Jordan Love was not the greatest pick. When you drive him off the lot, his price doesn't go down that much. Yeah. You know I mean, if he would have had a good preseason like a normal year, you could probably get a first-round pick for him right now. Right. You know, to Washington or maybe Pittsburgh or New Orleans. Somebody who's – Right, yeah, right, right. Somebody. You know, it, they're caught, they don't fall off a map. I mean – Because they're cost-efficient. Darnold was terrible, and they yeah. got a second out of him. Right. Plus some – juice you know Wentz was pretty terrible they got two firsts out of them yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like drafting a quarterback's never a terrible idea and it could have affected if the Steelers pick 15 next year make a trade for Derek Carr and they draft a quarterback you're probably going to have your guy between those guys and Rudolph and you'll probably have one that you can trade for something else again yeah you know they got fifth round pick for Dobbs yeah so, you know what I mean like never a bad idea to Add one yeah, to the mix. It could be a Mark Brunel sitting out there on somebody's bench. Or, yeah, you know, right, right. Let alone if like you can get yeah. on a DAC yeah. in the fifth round or whatever and yeah. che- have cheap quarterbacks for a long time. Then you're really sitting pretty. Yeah, it's all very interesting, but uh, those were uh, Bucky Brooks's top five quarterback situations. Yeah. But uh, You really should probably rank them like 1 to 32 because they're all always under scrutiny. Always, yeah. always, always. But uh, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for J- uh, I almost said Jacob, for Kellen Gursky nah, here on site keeping it. us on the air. I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.